Hey there, Merry Christmas. We are in the heart of December, and I know that with that comes hustle and bustle and stress and family dysfunction, but also joy and bells and watching It's a Wonderful Life and eating way too many sugar cookies and all the things, the pressures and the happy and the good and the bad and the hard and all of it. And so this December, I've purposely wanted to bring us some podcasts that speak into the season that we are in right now. And so today is no different. I, um, first of all, want to welcome you. If you're new to the Clyde podcast, we bring you episodes every single week where we talk about Jesus running into our lives and bringing about his power and healing and purpose and goodness. And today I got to sit down with Pastor Mike Leibolt. He is a children's pastor, and we got to talk about how to invite our kids into service and generosity during the Christmas season. And if you're a mom or a dad out there, I think you are thoroughly going to enjoy this. So check it out. Well, Mike, it is so fun to have you on the podcast. I was just joking around with the girls here on staff because we work with your amazing wife. And I told them that this was my opportunity to ask you everything we've wanted to know about Mrs. Leibold. But in all seriousness, uh, we won't throw her under a bus and embarrass her. But I'm excited to sit down and talk to you today, especially at this Christmas time around engaging kids in service and generosity, because you're not only a dad, uh, but you're also a children's pastor. And I think so often adults start to peak uh, engagement around service and curiosity during the season. And we kind of sometimes forget to invite our kids to engage it as well. So I really want to talk to you about that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to. I'd love to talk about it. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, I I love that I get to hang out with you and talk about it. I'm curious, how do we teach our kids to be generous in a way that doesn't feel obligatory? I think it starts really with doing it ourselves. You know, I, I think there's a disconnect. We're not participating as parents if we're not being generous then I think it's it's really hard to even have the foundation to to be able to teach your kids about it. I don't necessarily know if we've done that well over the holidays. I, I think, you know, we spend a lot and we do a lot, but I don't know if it's really showing a, a giving. I think it, it shows uh, something else. But I think I think, you know, um yeah, you know, I think I think giving is is um something that we need to be engaging in throughout the year, not just over the holidays. Giving with finances, giving with time, giving, you know, just being generous with it all. It's interesting because Rob and I, I feel like over the years, every Christmas, you know, you spend time like, kids, give me your wish list on what you'd like for Christmas and um, spending time shopping and buying for not only kids, but, you know, in-laws and aunts and uncles and all the things and, um, planning meals. And then Rob and I would always talk about sort of our end of the year giving and who we feel called to bless. And after a few years, I realized that we were doing this as a couple, but we weren't bringing our kids into it. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen and I, we had the opportunity to move overseas and to be missionaries for a number of years. 
And what surprised me was that our kids were actually our best missionaries. Our kids were our best givers. Our kids were the most generous. Uh, and so it kind of, in some ways, was kind of it reversed the roles for us a little bit. It was like, well, let's put them in a position where they're calling the shots with what we do. And um, let's let them determine some of the pace of it all. And so, you know, one of my daughters is, you know, she's got this heart of, of giving. And so she wanted to do these backpacks or these packs for people one year with backpacks just full of some supplies. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, let's go out of our, let's just do that. You know, I I could correct her and be like, whatever, this isn't going to work or do, 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 do. But let's just let her lead. Um, so I think our kids are some of our best missionaries. Our kids are some of our best givers. Uh, they're generous. Um, and so it's sometimes putting them in charge of what are we going to do with this money? What are we going to do with this fund? What are we going to do here? I love how that so give? much. Let let them lead. And how can we sort of cultivate that spirit in kids? You say your kids are mm-hmm. the best missionaries, the best givers. Was there anything that, I know you don't want to pat yourself on the back, but was there anything that you and Jalen did, though, to cultivate that kind of spirit? Um, yeah, I think, I think proximity is big, uh, proximity to the need. Um, we were, you know, it was, life, it was life on life, like our life on the lives of others. And, and so there was close proximity there. There was almost no, um, no boundary um, between us and the need, and, and so it was, our, our, it was out front. It was it was visible. So that was kind of the environment. I think that we that we set was just let's create very little boundary, and um, so that there's proximity there to the to the need because then it's natural for our kids to see it. They're living in it. They see it everywhere. Their friends are in it, um, and so and kids are just naturally, I think, in tuned to um, let's let's go and help and support and love. And, you know, they're just generous with their, with their time mm. in that way. So I, I think that's so good proximity to the need because also it develops this sort of compassion because of relationship. It's not, Hey kids, mm-hmm. we're going to go on a field trip. It's yeah. I have relationship with people in need and I'm beginning as a child to understand that there's something I can do to bless or impact or help the need as I know yeah. these people, which is so yeah. hard to do. What do, what does a family do who might be listening to this podcast and they've realized because we can get there so easily that they've, uh, sort of sheltered their kids from need um, in an effort to sort of protect them from the world and how hard it is out there. And now they almost got their kids so far away that there is no proximity. And how do they mm-hmm. sort of take a step back into being closer to need and inviting their kids to go there? So I think most kids know already. I think most kids are proximate to a, a real need. They either have a friend they have someone, they have a burden, something on their heart. And so I, I do think most kids probably are approximate to something. Um, and I think then our role as parents really is just that listening, taking time to slow and to, to listen to what it is the kids have kind of going on uh, in their in their world and in their spaces. Um, I think for those who are 
who feel maybe distant from it, I think there's, there is opportunity for families to do outreach where there's like, you, you, you spend some time to actually just as a family, we're going to go and we're going to do this service together. And there's a bunch of opportunities there. And I think a really cool one, it can be cross-cultural, but I think there's a lot of them just right here in our towns, in our neighborhoods that families can do together to be intentional about creating that, that about erasing, I guess, that gap that and, and closing in that, that proximity to, to a need. In your work, Mike, with kids, both your own, but also at the church as a children's pastor, how have you seen service mm-hmm. impact kids? So I've seen kids grow in, uh, in, in their confidence, first of all, when they, um, are, when they see a need and they're able to, to speak into it and they realize they have this, um, a, a voice, they, they, they make an impact that their little, their little life, however small or whatever they feel it is, is, is life changing. Like, and so that first, I think you see that confidence that, oh, I can do mighty things in Jesus' name. Like, like Jesus is using me, like, to make an impact in the world. And so that bit of confidence that, uh, that God can use them, I think really grows their faith then, uh, grows their, their confidence in their faith, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think gives them that, um, that desire, I think, to, to want to be available to whatever it is that God has for them. And, and I think that's a really important quality that we don't oftentimes ask is like, can God, how can God use me? Like, can God actually do something in me? And to see kids like really growing in that early on to be like, yes, like I did this thing or wrote this thing or spoke this blessing over somebody and saw you know, like, uh, God use it, uh, mm-hmm. f- to build his kingdom, um, for his glory. And, and, and so giving is just one of those I think, tools that we can use to really, I'd say giving, I'd say service is one of these tools that we can use to really grow faith in kids. Um, uh, and that's how, that's how we've seen it. We've seen kids uh, here at the church just really blossoming into their faith because of some of our, our giving or, because of the way their families um, have chose to serve and explorers in the children's ministry or in other ministries and in the church. And the kids just jump right in and they're the ones like leading the charge for the family in, in the area that they're serving in or the area that they're, that they're giving in. And um, you see this confidence just welling up in them that, okay, yes, God can use me. Uh, it's, it's, it's glorious. I love it. I love that you talk about confidence. I also think you're talking about purpose, that there's sort of this greater purpose on earth that I can be used for. And so often, especially once kids start approaching middle school, high school, even college, they go through mm-hmm. this kind of like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Is there anything special about me? And to get kids going at an early age where they realize, like you're talking about, man, I was just used to bless and impact someone. And you keep seeing those deposits being made in their confidence and their purpose, it goes a long way. I actually think about Aiden, our son, he went on a mission trip uh, with Cornwall, the church that you work for, that I go to. And um, 
it was in middle school and there was a service trip and he came back and he gets in the car and he's telling us all about it and he's so excited and he said i want to be baptized and mm-hmm. rob and i were like what like, you want to be baptized? did they talk about baptism he's like no i just want to be baptized and I actually talked to the youth pastor and i was like hey scott do you did you guys talk about baptism on this trip all of a sudden Aiden wants to be baptized mm-hmm. And and he said, no, we didn't talk about baptism. And so I went back to Aiden and I'm like, tell me more about why all of a sudden this newfound I want to be baptized. And he basically said, I when I serve people, I experience God. That's how I experience God. And for him, it was this realization and it continues to be. And I think sometimes we bring kids up in the faith and we bring them to church and um you know, we we talk about God sometimes, but we expect a lot of kids to learn certain ways, like, oh, read the Bible for 30 minutes and you're tight with God or whatever. And for my kid, uh, of course, the Bible is important, but for my kid to go out and serve people, for him, it made him realize what Jesus is like that Jesus cares yeah. about these people, that Jesus loves yeah. the poor, that Jesus gave up his life, that he cares about the least of these, that actually made him know Jesus and experience and see Jesus. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think it, it, it helps to like, um, you know, to, when we, like I said, when we have that proximity, it, it also, I think reflects back to us that, Oh, I'm not so different. Like, I'm not, like, I, my, like, God, this relationship with Jesus fills this void in me as well. Like, it's kind of like, I think we're so oftentimes, you know, we feel like as that we distribute our God's grace to others, distribute, 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 but actually like giving too, and like that, that act of surrendering my time and my resources to something, uh, it also reflects back on us that like, oh, I'm also in great need, you know, of, of rescue and this vulnerability of weakness that I have without, you know, like, so I think giving and, and, and loving others is just, it exposes our need as well so much, you know? Um, so giving is as much about, I think, doing something for someone else or serving is as much as about doing something for someone else as it is like it also comes back on us too as like oh yeah i'm in i'm not that far removed i need jesus in my life like he's the hope he's the way he's you know because we've seen it now working in someone else as well and so i think it it um yeah it definitely comes back to us and it's a faith builder it's a grower in us you and jaylen certainly have modeled this your kids' entire childhoods, and um, you continue to, which is absolutely amazing. I'm curious, when you think about, and I know, again, you don't want to toot your own horn, but I'm straight up asking you these questions, so you can feel okay to be honest about them, but you pick up your family and you move to another country as missionaries, and you live a life of service. One of our favorite things around here at Collide is hosting conferences just for you. These one-night events gather together women of all ages, stages, and faith backgrounds for an incredible night of inspiration and encouragement. Attending a Collide conference is a unique experience that women walk away from feeling refreshed, energized, hopeful, and changed. 
So check out the link in the show notes for more information on our upcoming events and grab your ticket today to join us for an impactful night. Pick up your family and you move to another country as missionaries and you live a life of service. How do you think making that kind of sacrifice where your kids were invited into that, how do you think that shaped them in a good way? I mean, how important is it for us to model a giving up for others? Yeah. So, like, I want to, I want to first, like, go back because, like, I, I think the, I think that behavior started long before my wife and I even met each other. I think it began with, you know, like grandparents, parents and grandparents and generations back where it was like, this was um, in the DNA of my wife's family, this, this giving, this spending time with, with people and loving well and, and reaching out. Like this was in the DNA of my wife's family. Um, knowing that like, my mom and my grandparents like prayed over me. Like I want, they, they were like, you know, praying that I'd be a, a pastor someday kind of a thing. Like, so we, we were coming out of these just generational, right. Of like serving, of wanting to love, wanting to serve God well. Um, and I think Jalen and I, um, finding each other, you know, um, and, wanting to be on mission together um i think just set the pieces in place right Mm -hmm. for for things to happen so it wasn't so much like jay and i and what we decided one day it was like this has been building like over time and i think that's the beauty of like our families Mm -hmm. like and what we can build in our homes is not just something that impacts us or impacts our kids but then impacts the next generation and the next generation. Like it's a, it's a legacy that we're leaving, you know? Uh, and so I think this, what we're talking about this uh, in, in like season of, of giving and, and service is, is we're talking about some, setting something up that's generational, that lasts, that goes on and on and on. And, um, and, and so uh, I think with our kids, it's more than just Jay and I, it was the whole background was, you know, is, is pointing our kids in that direction. Uh, and, and that helps me to not take credit for it, like, because it's not me. Um, um, but Jay and I, like, finding each other and, like, staying on, I think, staying on script as far as, like, kind of what God had been placing in our homes and in our families and in our lives. But I just, I think, I feel so blessed. And, and then to function, to to live in a family where we just feel blessed. We have just, Jay and I have deep gratitude um, for um, for what we've been able to do, what we've, you know, um, super thankful for our kids. And um, so I think it was just creating that, that um, foundation of just being thankful for what God has brought together, for what God has been doing and is bringing together. And I think that, that, that helped helps our kids um to feel like their their life is a gift that their time here is a gift and that it is theirs to share like and that, that and and to live life on mission to live life on purpose 
as well, that they're, um, there's more going on than just they're going through the paces of school or of these things, but there's, there's more there. There's impl- there's spiritual implications. There's, you know, um, so I think that, does that answer your question, Willow? I think. Yeah, about- I think it's super cool. I mean, it sounds like you have come to this place of gratitude where you've grabbed the baton that was handed to you and you've passed it on. And Mm -hmm. some people don't grab the baton that's handed to them. And then I think um, the counter to that would be some people weren't handed the baton. I wasn't handed a baton. And I think there's people listening who can't say, I've been blessed. I have this legacy that was handed to me. But I think the important part that you're talking about that applies to everyone is whether you're handed a baton or not, you can certainly pass one down to the next generation. You absolutely can. But it's a choice, And that's the beauty of writing. Yeah, because you are you are either you're you're breaking chains then that maybe holding you holding you and your family away from this, and you are there as that parent as a chain like breaking these bonds, breaking these chains, and starting something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get to work alongside of a team here at church of, uh, and a number of them. I would call them. They are those breakers. They are stopping something that's been going on, and they are starting something new. And um, I think too, like, uh, and I don't, I don't think this is where we want to go necessarily for this one, but is like that is part of like why I love this adoption and fostering, because in some ways it's breaking something and starting something new in the life of a child in the life of someone, and it's like this beautiful reflection then of like who we are in christ as well right that something's been broken and 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 uh in us and now we are new and made right and starting new path uh with with god i think it's i think it's beautiful we'll talk about a family decision with both parents and um, existing bio kids if if that's the story making a decision to give yourselves away to to others that i mean there's mm-hmm. not a more giving thing to do than that i mean yeah. that's a huge act of generosity and service by inviting yeah. another kid into your home to be family incredible mm-hmm. yeah. you, you're talking a little bit about um inviting your kids into this greater story and a story of legacy that they were handed a baton and now they can hand it and only impact their kids and their kids and their kids. And I think so many of us, um, we accidentally get really comfortable. We don't mean to. And we love right. people and we do give and we do serve. But we also wake up one day and realize maybe we got a little comfortable. Um, yeah. I know this last Christmas Eve. No, it was Christmas night. And it's our family of four. Um, for dinner. And it's the one day of the year we don't, none of us leave the house, like pajamas from the start to the very end. I mean, we're lazy as can be because we're all so busy and we're all running every different direction. And we uh, are eating our dinner and, you know, it's by candlelight and we have this lovely dinner. And we always kind of do the same thing. We have this tradition and rhythm. And Aiden looks at us and he sees this big, huge pot of spaghetti and meatballs and all this bread and salad and dessert. And he's like, we need to package this up and make meals and go out and give people Christmas dinner. 
And it's like 7.30 or 8. And we're really comfortable. And it's yeah. the one day we don't leave the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the rest of us are like, no one wants to be like, nah. <laughs> but I think right. there was definitely like a moment where we're like, oh, that sounds like work and like we're going to have to get uncomfortable. But we all were like, okay, let's do it. And so yeah. we we bagged up. I think we ended up making probably 10 or 12 dinners with all the food that I cooked for four. Wow. And we got in the car and had no idea what we were going to experience and drove to downtown and just got out of our car and we're like, Merry Christmas. Do you want some dinner? And Aiden was the first to get out and just be so bold talking to these people. And I think what um, was so beautiful about it was that it was inspired by one of our kids. Yeah. And I continue to realize that I can learn from their boldness. I can learn from their faith oh, and they call me to get uncomfortable and I need to keep saying yeah. yes. But I'm curious from you, what's your advice to those of us who realized even listening today were, were like, you know, I, I might have gotten a little too comfortable and I need to get more uncomfortable and invite my kids into service. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good question. And I think, I think a part of, a part of it, I mean, right now, like we've got some, some time to, to, to kind of prepare. Uh, we know what's coming. Like we know the holidays or whatever is coming. And um, we know there's the normal build up for it or whatever of, of planning and these kinds of things. But I, I think for most parents, if we we stop to think about having a, a, the plan. What is the plan that we're going to have? You know, spontaneity is great and I love it, but um, comfortability is really loud and it's oftentimes it drowns out the, the no, you know, the sound or whatever. Um, but um, if we have a plan, if we have a plan and I, and I struggle with this, Willow, like I, um, I always go like at work, if I'm, if I'm at my desk or whatever, I'm, I'm writing things down. I'm taking notes. I'm like, okay, this, 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 this. I've got, I got a good idea of what, what my week uh, and even my month um, over here on this wall, what it looks like. Um, so I've got it fairly plotted out. I don't do the same at home. I don't do the same with holidays. Why? Well, you know, um, I, I don't know. But I, I, if I want to see things happen, I got a plan for it. You know, I mean, I do it at work because it works. I know I get stuff done. Um, but do I plan time at home? Do I plan my holidays of like, okay, let's do something, man. If I could, if there was a, if there's whoever's listening, if you spent some time just planning out your holiday of like, I want to read this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Like, um, and, and just really having that, having, having some plan, inviting kid, their kids into it. What's, what do you want to do? And then just having a plan. We want to do this thing, this thing. We want to be here for that. We want to see this. Um, I think would be a huge, um, huge benefit. Um, That's to, so to you good. That's keeping so the kids good. going. Yeah, because yeah, I hey. think we're intentional about things that are already habits when it comes to the holidays. Like, oh, yeah. this gift exchange, I need to get a gift. Oh, the white elephant party, I need to, oh, I need to invite the fam and tell them what time and what to bring for the holiday meal. 
But truly, if we want our kids to grow in faith and grow in service, if that's the goal, if that's the desire, then how are we being intentional about doing that? So we have to state, these are our hopes. And then how do we plan making those important? If those are our intentions, how do we actually prioritize them? And I think that's so good. If you want your kids to be generous this Christmas season, or you want them to serve, what are some things that you can take part in? Do you have any examples, Mike, of things either you and your family have done or things you've seen people at the church do as far as that could be done anywhere in the nation or world, but just kind of some general ideas of here's some things you can do to bless others and be generous in service and time and money at Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought honestly was, um, was, you know, we've got a lot of care facilities, um, in our, in our area, you know, and, uh, those are always really welcoming to to families coming in, but I would say like yeah, I know of people who go to care facilities to bring just joy, you know, just family, either either as maybe reconnecting with some family that are there or or, or whatever, but but visiting, um, uh, you know, in care facilities and uh, seniors love nothing more than than kids. They love to have kids around that vibrancy of life and that kind of thing. So. I think care facilities would, would be a place to start um, and, uh, and connecting with them. Um, I'm trying to think too, like we do, we do some, some stuff in our community here too, where there's, you know, the Cornwall, the mall or whatever you want to call it, where we purchase gifts um, at, and then they get resold back again for at a reduced price. And that's been a huge, like, families love that event. Um, now, kids obviously come away devastated sometimes because they bought all these gifts and none of them are for them, you know. Uh, they're all to give away. But I think it's uh, it's one of those things that's fantastic. It's, it's, it's speaking value into the life of the father or mother who want to provide a great Christmas for their family as well because now they can buy these gifts at a reduced price. And so there's things like that that just... Uh, you know, are fantastic um, events as well. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Um, I, I don't know if that's you know maybe you've got some better ideas than I do. I just know what is in front of me right now on my calendar. Um, looking yeah. forward to. I mean, I I don't know that I have better ideas. That's for sure. But I every year we do sort of an Advent um, tradition, and so um, it's a mix of from, you know, December 1st to December 25th, uh, we take turns and everyone in the family has a box and Mm -hmm. they open it and there's a scripture. Sometimes there's a little teeny gift, like a pack of gum or something. Um, But oftentimes there's challenges, like how to go bless other people. So it's like, here's two gift cards to Starbucks and we're going to go out after dinner tonight and uh, you get to pick who you want to bless and we'll drive around until you find your two people. So we'll do that. Or um, one time, one of the Advent things, I baked a bunch of baked goods. And then after dinner, every, the Advent was to go and bless. Everyone was to pick one person that they knew was hurting or sad or lonely. And we would drive and drop off baked goods for these people. Um, and I remember um, our neighbor who's 
wife, I think, was in Montana for a couple months because they were they took their house down to the studs. He had COVID, and we didn't. When we found that out, he was one of our people. We dropped cookies off to him, and another friend's wife left him, and we took cookies to his work. And it was a good exercise in uh, all four of us sitting in the car, and we each have a plate of baked goods, and we're thinking about who's hurting, who's sad. Go mm-hmm. do something about it right now. So yeah. there's all sorts of ideas, but I think the yeah. important part is we're going to do this kind of thing together. And it's going to be yeah. good for all of us. We're all participating. But then one thing, too, that that um, it is, I think, also lost some time in this season, especially, is this plan of, like, silence, like this plan of stillness and of reflection. Um, and, and in some way, there's, there's hope is tied into that, you know, like this this anticipation of what's coming. Like, I think that's okay. I think we need to sit in that tension a little bit too and invite our kids into that tension. Um, and I'm not talking like the quiet game of who can stay quiet the longest kind of a thing, but I'm thinking like, even just like, we're going to do this on purpose. Like we're going to slow ourselves down. We're going to plan for some, um, some peace, you know, we're going to plan for some, some quiet and um, to, to build that into the schedule as well, because this season definitely requires reflection. Kids can reflect. Kids can, can do some very uh, good reflecting, um, you know, so I think just creating that environment as well and not just busyness, but, but um, this opportunity to reflect, to quiet, to slow. Mike, it has been so fun to talk to you about generosity and service with our kids. I think it's something that, like I said, we can so easily just start participating on our own and forget to invite them along. And you've given us so much to think about. I love the idea that we can pass a baton and leave a legacy with our kids that carries on to future generations. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and a bit of your story with us today. Absolutely. Well, thanks for inviting me on. Totally. There might be people who want to contact you and get a hold of you. How can they do that? Yeah, um, I think probably email is best. Uh, my email is just michael at cornwallchurch.com. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you, Willa. Friend, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mike. I don't know about you, but as I consider this Jesus, the one who is called Emmanuel, God with us. And as I contemplate him each and every day during Advent, I certainly want to invite my kids to come along with me. And I love the idea that Mike invited us into to have a close proximity to the need. And when you think about Jesus, right, you think about him colliding with people and running into their lives. He showed up and got so close to people, closer than most people would, right? Like he touched lepers when most people wouldn't come even in proximity to them. He showed up in the tombs to the guy who was cutting himself and crying out and had been isolated from community. And Jesus got out of a boat and intentionally walked up to collide with him. He went out of his way to meet the woman at the well who was there covered in shame 
at a time she thought no one else would be there because she felt so ashamed. And Jesus went out of his way to meet her. So friend, I hope that you feel inspired and encouraged to not only invite your kids to service, but to invite them into close proximity to a need. And then, as Mike said, let them lead. Ask them, how do you want to bless someone? Who could you touch or impact or give to in a way that that could truly show them that they are loved by Jesus? And then see what they say and then participate. I have a feeling you and I might experience more of Jesus this Christmas by saying yes to letting our kids lead us into service. Have a good week, keep colliding, and we'll catch you next week.